Hey, what's up, guys? This is John Ryan Kane, too, and this is Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. guys uh today in the studio uh i have my friend joey salazar he's the executive pastor at journey church in orlando florida he's on the phone with me today and i'm so excited to be getting some insight and some wisdom from here uh so joey man thank you so much for for joining me on the conversation today absolutely man yeah bro it's uh it's been kind of a we we planned to do it what last month and then something came up and, and so you were just uh you were super cool about it and flexible and i appreciate that um even even today i, I kind of shared with you my wife had a blowout last night so we kind of had to scramble to to get everyone at the place that they needed to be on time so i had you <laughs> push back 30 minutes so i appreciate it man i, I really thank you for that um no man you're good. You're good. It's a privilege for me, man, just to see what you're all you're doing. And then with the launch of this podcast, you know, it's a, I know it's a huge blessing to so many people. Yeah. Well, I, so I appreciate that. To reconnect with you. And yeah, uh, yeah, man, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So you actually, I think you commented on one of the, uh, one of the posts, I think it was like a quote, um, or like a clip that I shared to, to Instagram of, I, I can't remember what podcast it was. Um, and you commented on it and I was like, Hey man, you want to be on the podcast? And <laughs> it kind of just kind of went from there. So, uh, I, I see you doing some, uh, some pretty big things over there in, in Orlando. And so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about, uh, today. Um, first I just want to kind of, you know, maybe have you share a little bit of your ministry background, some of your story, wherever you feel is relevant to start kind of who you are, what's your superhero origin story. <laughs> Definitely. So I am originally from South Texas. I was born in Brownsville and uh, had the privilege of being raised in a Christian home. My parents were also pastors. They continue to be pastors. Okay. Uh, very young age, man, I just really felt that God was going to do something with my life. I didn't know what it was going to be, but uh, I knew it was going to be something. And so I just kind of uh, did whatever was in front of me. We then moved near San Antonio, a small city called Seguin, Seguin. and that's really where I grew up. And so um, the majority of my life was there. <clears throat> that's where I got connected with Mike Fernandez, mm -hmm. uh, Impact Now, and Cornerstone. And uh, we, I got, I got involved with Impact Now, and a lot of my just hands-on ministry experience came from there. And then um, I transitioned over to Gainesville, Florida, uh, with Mark Vega. And I went there because one of the main reasons was they were offering uh, two years of Bible Institute in only nine months. Okay. And so in my head, I was like, dude, I can, I can do that. Like, yeah. man, what a time saver. And so my original plans was, hey, I'm going to go for nine months, come straight back, and get back to work. But God had some other plans. And, um, and yeah, I met, met my wife out here. We have two children. Awesome. Um, we did go back to to, uh, to Texas for a couple of years, uh, but now we've uh, transitioned back to Florida. We're in Orlando, and we've been here for about two years and a half now. Two years, awesome, man. That's great. Um, and so you got connected at some point with 
uh, JJ, JJ Vasquez, or, or you, you said you were longtime friends, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I've known JJ, who's my pastor now for over 10 years. Uh, we met through Ignite and Impact now in that relationship. Uh, we spent our first summer together was him and another staff member coming to Impact now for a summer to kind of learn how we did uh, the program and just kind of train and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But not knowing that it was really going to take up into a lifelong relationship. Uh, so much so, I asked him to be the best man at my wedding. Okay. And uh, we always just stayed in touch, not knowing that God was going to bring our, our two paths back together. And, um, and yeah, so I'm excited to be here. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, uh, can you speak a little bit about Impact Now and, and I guess what kind of impact that had on your on your life? Because I know we have a lot of listeners here in, in Texas, uh, but they, not, they might not be familiar what Impact Now is. Yeah, so Impact Now is a school of ministry now. Um, it, you can go they offer various programs, uh, whether it's in the summer or whether it's in the fall and spring semesters, uh, from, from programs for younger students from high school age all the way up to college and career ages. And uh, it's really a mixture of academics with hands-on ministry as well. And so you're not just sitting in a classroom, um, you're putting it into practice, you're helping do outreaches, you're learning how to preach, you're learning about production, stage design, and uh, editing, and just all these other things, too. And for me, <clears throat> Impact Now, we didn't have um, the programs yet, the internship yet. When I was involved with it, mm -hmm. it, was, it was still taking off, or rather just kind of in, in the early stages. Um, but for me, it was, it really is, I mean, it was, it molded me. It came at such a, a crucial time. Yeah. I was 14. I was just about to turn 15 when uh, Mike Fernandez came to speak for church. And um, I remember he brought like two sticks of trust, some lights and some park hands. Uh, we had pyrotechnics at the time, wow. uh, <laughs> um, you know, and he preached, he did a human video, like a drama to music. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, uh, we were going to go out to eat because that's what us Christians do. Yep. Um, we, I remember him mentioning like, Hey, what, what did you think about it? And what were your thoughts about it? And I'm like, dude, that was amazing. Like, I loved it. You guys are cool. And he's like, Hey, well, let's talk uh, to your parents and let's ask them for permission to, for you to join us on a couple of trips. And if you like it, and we'd love to have you on, if not, Hey, then that's cool too. And uh, after first trip, like there was just no looking back. Dude, so I remember yeah. being in high school and on the weekends, like going up to minister and like, I'm doing my homework. You know, while we're traveling, missing some Fridays, I'm having to make up hours on school mm -hmm. uh, because we would do from school assemblies to city outreaches to services and all these other things. But um, it was the relationship. It was the mentoring. Uh, Mike Fernandez is still one of the greatest mentors I have in my life today. I reach out to him often, um, you know, and and yeah, I mean, it just had had a huge impact on my life. And so I, my recommendation for for anybody is, you know, to put yourself in an environment where you can receive that type of experience, right. uh, the type of mentorship, the type of learning. Maybe, maybe you can't get up and leave your home because you have responsibilities, or maybe you can. Um, but nonetheless, you know, you can definitely find an environment where that can happen. Here. Right. Yeah. And I think that's such a, it's such a deve developmental uh, stage and age in your life where like everyone is, you're moldable, right? 
And uh, so just kind of finding something like that, I mean, it, it will it will change your life. And I know plenty of people who were a part of that program, and I just saw a complete 180 in their lives and in their ministries. And now they're doing some great things. All right, cool, man. That sounds great. So yeah, Impact Now definitely had a, an impact on your life. And now yeah. you are uh, you're an executive pastor there at Journey Church. What, is, what does that look like, executive pastor? What kind of what's like, what's your day-to-day workflow there? Yeah, definitely. So as executive pastor, I assist our lead pastor in helping out um, just execute the vision that he has for our church. And so we, um, in-house, we refer to Pastor JJ as the visionary, Mm -hmm. and I would be the integrator. And so he has a dream. God is obviously speaking to him. He is looking ahead, and I get to help in helping lead our staff and help with certain projects and help uh, do research and help uh, implement uh, strategies and think of ideas to be able to see those dreams come to pass. And so... um, my my uh, responsibility my responsibilities will change at times in the sense of you know different focuses that I might have uh, whether it's a certain time of the year or a certain team that needs my assistance a little bit more or just we're developing something new or whatever the case might be and so um, yeah so I've had a chance to work you know specifically with from load in to loadout teams to uh, production and creative um, and just all these just different things. But, um, but yeah, I just kind of help assist him with whatever, whatever uh, he needs help, whether it's speaking, whether it's leading, whether it's just going to represent the church somewhere. So, yeah. Yeah. And so the, the church is fairly new, right? It's been around for what, two, two years, three years, something like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This September, we're going to be celebrating our, th- our three-year anniversary. Awesome. Great. And so have you, were you there since like its inception, like since the beginning, or did you kind of get there a little bit later? Yeah, I like to say yes and no. Okay. And um, because um, from a distance, we've always been fans of, of JJ and Liz. We've always been supporters. And when we heard about Journey Church launching, at that time, we were living in Miami. And we wanted to be a part of it in one way or another. And so we did what we could from a distance. And uh, we helped create the website. We helped do just anything we could from where we were at. Mm-hmm. And uh, then launch day came around, and uh, we drove up, and we wanted to be there on this historic day, not knowing that, um, you know, less than six months later, we would actually be moving up and joining the staff there at the church. And so we've always been fan supporters, even from a distance, uh, but I did get to come in a little bit after it got launched, and um, yeah, just been there ever since. Yeah. So it sounds like your heart was already there before you were actually there, right? Um, yeah. and, and I think that's, that's really, that, that's good. That's a good point to make because, um, you know, when we're talking to, to other people and they kind of use that as an excuse, well, I'm not, I'm not there yet, or I, I wish I was there, but I'm not there yet. Um, it sounded like just, just hearing kind of what you did, you kind of, you found a way to add value, um, even from a distance. And I think that's something that people should always be looking to do. You know, if your heart is in a place, even, even though you might not be there physically, um, find a way to, to help and contribute and add value. And that will, I mean, God will see your heart through all of that. And it sounds like, uh, he did with, with yours. Um, and now that church is, a it's a pretty fast growing church. I mean, for, for being around for you know, three years, uh, did, did it start, um, did it start with, you know, a good amount of people or was it something that just kind of had to grow organically? 
You know, I think that with a lot of things, you know, preparation is key. And so I remember, um, you know, hearing years, years ago when people were going to launch a church, you know, people would just start, you know, and then we would start working on the core team and then we start getting equipment and then we'll put some, we'll put the processes in order. Um, but here in the, in the most recent years, I feel that there has been uh, a new movement of just church planning and strategies behind it where, you know what, you don't, you can start with equipment already. You can start with a mission and a vision and core values already. You can start with the team already. And uh, I believe that a lot of the success of what we're seeing here at Journey, uh, obviously it's God's favor, but also I believe there's a lot in the preparation mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. And so, you know, we didn't just jump into the high school and be like, okay, we're going to start and see who shows up. But there was, you know, interest meetings. There was a lot of conversations. There was a lot of, uh, you know, raising funds. There was a lot of, you know, looking at other churches, looking at other locations, and a lot of just other things that really just uh, help us kind of just skip the learning curve at times and just kind of learn from other people's wins and mistakes so that we would be able to kind of just go quicker, faster. And so when we launched, I remember launch day, there was, if I'm not mistaken, like 400 people there which a lot of the people like ourselves, myself and my family, we were there just to support, just mm -hmm. we were fans. We just wanted to help out and, and celebrate. And then like the following day, the following week, you know, the numbers, you know, went, went down and then it'd be, you know, then over time it's grown, but um, you know, it definitely, it's definitely been intentional. I think a lot of it, a lot of it's been the preparation, but just like any other church or ministry, you know, we had to, we've had to be intentional and grow it as well. And so, I could be wrong, but I think like after that week, I think, um, you know, I think half of the people didn't, didn't go, didn't show up mm -hmm. and, um, or something like that. But I know that the number did go down yeah. for sure. And then, you know, we just had to be consistent. We just had to, you know, con continue doing what we felt God called us to do, keep learning, keep implementing new strategies. And over time, you know, now we're, we're able to minister to the people that we are. That's, that's great because I think that's something that people get discouraged when they see numbers go down. Um, yeah. And it happens all the time. Like if you have a launch date, there's so much preparation for one day, right? That you're going to, you're probably yeah. going to attract a good size uh, audience and people are going to, they're going to respond to it. I mean, I, th this very podcast, I, I kind of had been promoting it about a month or two in advance. And, um, the first episode that I did, I mean, it, it, it got a lot of listeners. And then the la the, the next one, um, the next one got even more, which I was like, okay, great. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting a little bit less. Um, but by the third one, the number had dropped by like half. Um, and, yeah. and, and we see that all the time. And I, I've been reading, you know, I've been reading like, uh, you know, because now I'm, I'm a podcaster now, so I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to learn the space and, and people everywhere say that they say people give up because they start to see the numbers go down and the more it goes down, the, the more discouraged that they get and, and then they quit and they never see that, um, that rise again because they weren't willing to, to keep going lower and, and, and learning. Right. And so I think that goes for anything for, for churches, for businesses, uh, for nonprofits, whatever it may be. Um, you're going to, you're going to see those numbers drop. I mean, look at Easter Sunday, you know, look at churches across yeah. America on Easter. I mean, everyone puts so much effort into Easter Sunday that, I mean, they see massive 
crowds. And then the next the next Sunday, well, no one really plans for the next Sunday. Um, so yeah. we see a, a pretty big decrease in in numbers. Uh, so so that's that's a, an excellent point. I mean, for anyone doing anything, you're you're never gonna you're never gonna see success overnight, right? It, it like you said, it takes yeah. um, it takes hours and hours and days and weeks and nights of planning and preparation and strategizing and and kind of learning from um, from the mistakes and and what we could do better. So I love that. I love that. It's very uh, very encouraging. Um, but now you guys are continuing to grow. Um, I mean, if you look over the past three years, you guys have grown. And I kind of want to ask, I'm, I'm always curious, especially for, for newer churches, uh, what, what's been working? Like what, what's been successful for the growth of your church? Because at the same time, I see a lot of other churches that have been around for decades that are declining, right? And so I'm wondering where, where, that, where, where the mark is being missed right there. Because there's a lot of churches that, that thrive on one, two, three years um, and other churches that have been established for for many years, they kind of start to to see a decrease. So, what's kind of been? Um, I know you said preparation, but what else would you say has been kind of a, a key element for the growth of your church? Yeah, that's a phenomenal question. I love answering this this question with four points. Uh, if I had to point to four things that have really just helped uh, with the growth of our church, and really could be in any church, any context as well. Uh, would be number one, prayer. Okay. Uh, we are a praying church. We're a church that is led by the Spirit of God. Uh, very little meetings, if not any, uh, don't begin with a word of prayer uh, without celebrating what God is doing. Uh, two times a year, we have 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. Uh, once a year, we do 21 days of prayer. And uh, I apologize. Twice a year, we do 21 days of prayer. And uh, once a year, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. And um, during those times, we'll all be reading the same Bible verses. We'll all be having the same prayer focus. We'll all be uh, gathering on in midweek services just to pray. And uh, we believe that nothing can happen without prayer. And there is no speaker good enough. There's no worship leader good enough. There's no graphic designer good enough right. to take God's place. Yes. And we never want to try to. And we all we ultimately want to you know be led by him, and so we pray. We believe that God's hands uh, is is bigger than ours. It's it can do things that he, that we cannot do. Um, and I remember Pastor JJ one time speaking in one of his messages, saying the quote or saying the, the phrase, "It's more spiritual than you think." And uh, we've just we've always leaned back. We've always it's always been our first response that hey, we're going to be a praying church. We believe in spiritual warfare. We believe that the enemy is after after the lives of, of people, but, hey, God's power is greater. Mm -hmm. uh, we even have a prayer team uh, at our church who prays every Sunday, and they're actually located on the stage but behind the curtain, and uh, they have a, a room there, and they're praying for what's happening in the actual services, wow. for both services that we have. And you'll never wow. see them, but you'll feel their prayers. And um, that was something that we just, it was a non-negotiable. We, we needed to have that team, and uh, we're just a praying church overall. I love that. Um, yeah. And then the following three points, uh, they wouldn't be in any particular order, but uh, I would probably point to culture. 
Uh, I believe the culture that we have built at Journey Church uh, has helped with the growth and the healthiness of the church. Uh, we believe that uh, culture is simply a set of attitudes and behaviors. Uh, it's how, and every church has a culture, right. but not every church has maybe the culture they want to see. Mm-hmm. And so we've been very intentional in having, you know, a friendly culture, an inviting culture, uh, a culture where, you know, we love God, where we uh, love people, we choose, uh, we pursue excellence and we choose joy. Uh, we've been very intentional with the verbiage. We've been very intentional with signage. And and uh, sometimes even with that culture, to protect, sometimes in order to to build the right culture, it means you got to protect the culture. And so we at times have celebrated, uh, you know, the things that we want to see done again. But we've also sometimes had some conversations with some people who said, you know what, uh, are you okay you know, uh, right now, you know, you, maybe you're not, you're not smiling, you know, as much as we'd like to see you smile. Is everything okay? Mm -hmm. And, um, that's a way of protecting the culture, but it's also a way of showing that, Hey, we care about you. You know, we see this is going on. Maybe they're serving in a, in a place where they don't really find fulfillment. Okay. Well, great. Hey, we can help you find where you feel like you fit in best, or maybe there's something going on at home that we just hadn't heard about yet, but sometimes it's, it's being able to go up to certain people and be like, hey, you're doing this really, really well. Like, dude, this is incredible. But it's also sometimes saying, hey, you know what? Here at Journey, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we put down the me and we pick up the we. This is who we are. This is how we behave. This is how we how, how we treat people. We go the extra mile. We, you know, we walk, you know, and when it's raining, we'll go outside with umbrellas and we'll help people from their cars. Like we just, this is the culture we want to create. And thankfully, We've had a lot of fe- positive feedback from people who just said, you know what, I just felt right at home when I showed up. Like, I just felt so loved here. Like, man, I just had so many people like say hi to me. Like, and it was genuine. Like, it wasn't fake. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh, this is your job. But thankfully, we, we've had such a positive, you know, um, feedback. But it's all been very intentional. We believe it's the culture. Yeah. It's definitely the culture. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. Another thing. Another thing would be systems. So systems are, are just like processes and how does church run? And um, there's not like a certain number of systems, in my opinion, that a church should have. It's just you'll have a system for the things that are important for you. Mm-hmm. And so systems can range from how do you, um, you know, how do you promote your church online uh, to how how do you go about um you know, how do you go about, you know, uh, when somebody shows up to your church for the first time, like, what's your system for that? Do you give them anything? Do you follow up? What's your system for kids ministry? What's your system for the preaching schedule? What's your system for the finances of your church? And so um, it's important to have systems so that in the moment you're not just making things up or you're not just, um, you know, you're not allowing someone else to create it for you. But as leaders, you're being intentional with creating not only culture, but systems as well. Right. A lot of systems, I think a lot of the goal in mind with systems is that they would be automated or they would be in a way to function without like certain key people there. And so like, if I have to be there for certain things to run, then that I am, I am the system and that's not the best thing for my church because <laughs> if I can't be there one Sunday or if I'm called to the kids side of our campus, but I'm the, something else is needing to happen in the auditorium then then I'm 
I can't be in both places right. at the same time. One person shouldn't be the out. system. <laughs> One person should never exactly. be the system, right? So, yeah. 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 So we encourage all of our leaders to, hey, write things down. And we have playbooks. We have guides for all of our uh, all of our teams. And this is how this is not only our cults, not only our, our values, but also this is how we do what we do. And if there's photos in it and there's steps in it and there's people have gone to screen record videos and and done different things, all that so that everybody is being trained. Everybody knows nobody's being put to no one's being put in a place of serving without the proper training. But those are systems. You know, how is your church running? Uh, vehicles have systems. I mean, everything is their systems. And so why not our churches as well? Exactly. I heard someone and say, then, uh, uh, if I could just, I could uh-huh. just insert um, this quote yeah. from someone. Someone said, uh, not having a system is a system. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because just, just because you don't have something in place um, doesn't mean that you don't have a system. It's just the system is messed up and it's disorganized and um, people are going to, people are going to take note of that. So if systems exist, even without us implementing them, might as well implement the correct systems um, that that would navigate everything smoothly, right? And it sounds like that's what you guys yeah. are doing. And it sounds like a lot of it sounds like a lot of new churches, uh, church plants, because they have to be uh, they have to be very strategic. Uh, a lot of them sit down and they decide beforehand, okay, well, this is how this is going to work. This is how the children's ministry is going to work. This is how parking is going to work. This is how uh, altar time is going to work. So people, they they sit down and we have meetings and, 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 and they cover all these systems. I think what happens with maybe some of uh, the older churches or churches that have been around for a lot longer is that they, maybe at one point they had um, established systems, but then they never kind of met again they never really evolved it they never um they never allowed it to kind of grow into something else and so because of that the system was kind of just lost um and so i've noticed that kind of as a key difference because i visit i visit a lot of churches i visit you know newer churches and i visit churches that have been around for a long time um and and you can kind of see that you see the difference there um where where systems are in place intentionally and where they are in place, but unintentionally, and it just kind of creates a, a little bit of a mess. So that's, uh, that's good. I, I, I really like that. Uh, go ahead, man. The, the next one. Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> no, you're good, man. Um, the last thing I, I would share on just church growth or church of healthiness would be teams. Okay. Uh, one of the phrases that our pastor has challenged us with is we don't have task to do, but rather we have teams to build. And so, you know, we do very little things alone and we invite people onto the journey and we believe that what scripture says, hey, we've been called to equip the saints for ministry and ministers aren't the only ones behind a podium or behind the mic, but we've all been called to minister and, um, you know, in our workplaces, in our homes and just with our friends. And so we, we do everything as much as we can, everything in the groups in the, with the mindset of teams. And, um, and we've seen, you know, a huge, a huge blessing, obviously from that, not only from the church being able to continue to function the way it should, but it's, it's, it's having people step into their purpose. It's having people, you know, give back and be a part of something bigger than themselves. And so, you know, seeing, you know, the, the change, the impact that it's having in their life as well, 
uh, is incredible and family serving together and from children, youth, I mean, to everyone just being a part of something. It's, it's amazing, but if that falls under teams yeah. and you can't, any leader listening to this, um, you know, you can't, you won't la- you will not last long doing this by yourself. That's exactly right. And uh, there is nothing, another phrase that, that JJ has really just encouraged us with and challenged us with is, you know, there's nothing that cannot be passed on to someone else uh, if, you, if you train them well, if it's passed on well. And so, you know, we don't just, you know, dump things on people, but we develop them. We empower them. We delegate, you know, we follow up. You know, I'm going to take the time to write some things down. Uh, I'm going to train you and then I'm going to observe you, you know, minister or whatever. And I'll provide you some feedback and stuff. But uh, that's discipleship. That's multiplication. That's raising up of leaders. And I think one of the reasons why we may not do that sometimes is because it takes time. And another thing uh, and another thing or another reason why I think sometimes we don't do that is because we're prideful and we're afraid Mm. That if they start doing our job, either they're going to do it better than we are or they're going to just take, you know, the credit for it or whatever. And somebody said one time, it's, it's amazing what will happen if you don't care who gets the credit. Hmm. And <laughs> that's just leadership. You know, it's just developing people. They don't people don't belong to us, but I'm going to develop people. I'm going to mentor them. I'm going to, you know, if they were to transition one day out of my life, out of our church, my prayer is that, hey, they 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 left with a greater value than what they came in that they left blessed they left smarter they left with experience they left ready you know for churches to be you know in quote unquote fighting over them because man they're so good people you know they're such great leaders but um that's under teams and it takes time um recently on my personal devotional time i've i've kind of been going over for a, a week or two now over just jesus calling um, you know, the first disciples, because this is an area that I want to grow and continue to grow in as far as building teams. And um, I'm reminded of the scripture where he says he saw uh, the disciples, he saw two two guys in, uh, you know, fishing, and then he calls out to them, and then he tells them what's going to happen. And, um, and I quit, I just, Spirit of God, one day, just driving to the office, just highlighted three words that begin with the letter I, and that simply was he identified them, he saw them. Secondly, he invited them, he called them. And then lastly, he inspired them. He said, I'm going to make you fishers of man. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like if we can identify the people, uh, if we can invite them on a journey, if we can inspire them, man, we can build teams that will just bless not only just our church, but just the overall capital C church mm-hmm. and just make such a greater impact for the kingdom of God. I love that, man. I love that concept of, of team teamwork and working together, um, you know, I like what you were saying kind of reminded me of something that I I kind of uh, told our leaders um, uh, maybe a year ago or two. Um, I told them if I were to if I were to have you guys um, if I were to take your leadership position away, if I were to take your title away, and your your authority in in any particular ministry, if I were to take that away, I wonder how many of you guys would be salty um and yeah and, and angry or bitter and like I, I generally i generally was was curious um because uh, i think you're right there is a lot of pride there and and we we kind of treat a position as, as it, well i own this position this is my position and i'm only going to 
leave this position on my own terms when I say when I'm ready, when I'm done. And because of that, I'm not going to develop the next person. I'm not going to think about the next person because right now it's just it's just about it's just about me. It's about this position that I'm in. And, um, you know, it, it's mine until I decide to leave. And I think that is a that's a terrible, terrible mindset that any leader yeah. would would have. I think every leader needs to treat their position as interim. Right. Um, you're not there yeah. forever. You're not there permanently. You're there for a season because God wants you there. Um, but you also have to be developing the next generation, the, the, the Joshua. Right. And, and so yeah. I mean, we, we see that. I think we see that a lot where uh, people hold on to a ministry or a position just because they don't they don't know who else to give it to. There was no one uh, to yeah. develop. Um, and they get to a point where, okay, they are ready to resign. They're ready to let it go, but then they kind of burn themselves out because they kind of took on that mindset early on that, Hey, this is my position. And now that they're ready to give up and, 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 you know, retire, um, for lack of a better term, I'm not just speaking uh, about older, elderly people. Um, but because of that, they're, they're, uh, there's no one there to take over the position because they never developed anyone they never established working teams and they were the system that worked um and so yeah yeah, i I think churches man we we really do need to harness that that mentality of of teamwork man um so that's that's great i I love i love that aspect of that uh, of those four points um i want to ask you something else regarding teams what about or how do you guys um manage when there are no volunteers for a particular task, um, because I know that there's a lot of churches that will, and not just churches, but organizations where some departments are lacking people because no one wants to deal with it, right? Uh, a lot of times it's like it's like children's ministry in, in churches or or infant care. No one wants to, no one wants to, you know, be be watching. Uh, babies, they, they want to be in service. And so there's some ministries that I guess to some are not very desirable, uh, or maybe they're behind the scenes. And so there's not, there's not really a team there to build. How do you guys deal with that? Um, if, if you ever have? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I am one who believes that there is somebody passionate about this, even if I'm not it, uh, whether it's something that you know, two people could be looking at the same thing and one person could be like, man, I don't want to do this. This is boring. The, somebody else right next to them could be looking at like, dude, I just wish they were to ask me. Mm-hmm. That would be the, that would be amazing. <clears throat> and so one is I'm not going to make, I made up in my mind a long time ago, not to make up and uh, not to make the decision in my head for other people and saying no. And so, um, and so, hey, there's God. There's going to be somebody out here. This is God's church. God's going to provide, but I'm going to do my part as well. And so, I'm just going to believe. I'm going to choose to be positive. I'm choose to believe that uh, this is going to work out, and we're going to make this happen because that's just my attitude. Yeah. Uh, I would then go on to think and uh, just evaluate if it's something that um, we've never done before. Well, then, from just my leadership stance. Um, you know, I'm not just going to have somebody kind of go out there and just do it on their own if they don't even know how to do it, if I don't even know how to do it. And so 
it might be one of those things where I step in there for a season, kind of add a little bit of structure to it. Then I bring some people along the journey and then we do some training. I ask them for input. We go to other churches to see how they're doing it. We build something that we believe can work for our context. And then I begin to pull out and they just continue to lead and run with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would be kind of starting off something from scratch. Yeah. That doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. But um, instead of just giving somebody just an empty binder, hey, let me put some papers in here. This is These are our values. This is what we think works. These are what other churches are doing. Here are some phone numbers of other children's pastors. And we're obviously just using them as an example, right? But here's some other children's pastors, numbers. Why don't you reach out to them? Here, I'm going to pay for your gas. Go visit them and just see what you're doing. Ask if you, you can take some photos and then come back here and, uh, and let's talk about what we can do here. And I think when people feel supported by their leaders and an investment, not just financially, but an investment of time and attention from their leader, it's like fuel. Like, okay, you do care about this. You are following up. I am going to do my best with this. And, uh, and so sometimes it's for a season, hey, I'm going to step in this. I'm going to step into this, and I'm going to just dream of what it can be. But at the same time, I'm going to then pass it on. And then I'm going to move on to the next thing, and they're just going to continue to take it yeah. to another level. Yeah. Um, if it's something where, you know, it's currently existing, it's a current ministry or area that's existing, but there's like a negative culture to it. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's the culture that that's that's what needs to be addressed, in my opinion. Uh, you know, what are we portraying? What's the story of it? You know, if there's people complaining about always having to serve, number one, I need to check how many times am I asking them to serve? And uh, number two. Um, I need to let people know that, hey, you don't have to serve. Like, if you need a break or if you don't enjoy this, that's fine. You know, like, this church is not dependent on one person. You know, like, we're not going to close the church down. We're going to find solution. Maybe the lack of of, of a leader uh, or volunteers, rather, you know, will, you know, makes us mention it from the front or pass out something or Mm -hmm. post something online. And that's the very thing that brings in a new fresh wave of volunteers right you know so i think sometimes people just kind of need to be reminded like hey you don't have to do this we we pray that this is something you'd want to do we believe it'll reflect in your attitude and so it's protecting the culture hey this is how we think this is how we behave this is our attitude here and this is how we communicate and when we hear things that maybe go against that have conversations like hey is everything okay you know and um and then meet regularly so again that's teams that's groups you know, as a leader, um, I'm going to model what I want to see, but I also need to spend time with my leaders too. Yeah. Um, you know, so we at church, every first Sunday of the month, after our two services, we go to another location and we have um, our, a leadership gathering with our staff and our, and our team leaders and our coaches. And uh, it's an investment of location and time and, and light snacks and refreshments but we believe culture is past there. We are spending time with each other. We're doing life together. The way our new accountability chart was implemented in the month of May of this year, it was made in a way where everybody is, is, is not to oversee more than six people. Why? So that you can really get to know those people, really care for them. You're praying for them. You're doing life together. You're going to birthday parties. You're going on double dates or whatever. But um, I feel like, you know, when, we're, when we create too much of a distance or when we just 
use people and just place them there but never follow up yeah. that creates a bad vibe as well and experience for them that's good yeah great tips right there man well, something that we started implementing recently in our church um is uh we, when we have uh, an interested person who wants to be a, a member we have these mm-hmm. uh membership uh, forms uh, so basically just, you know, it says, it talks a little bit about our church and, and our core beliefs and what we expect from our members and, and what our members should expect of us. And then we just have them, you know, kind of fill out a little bit about themselves so that we can kind of just get into their heart a little bit more. And in one section, we we put, what is there any area that you would like to serve? And we have like dozens of different, you know, categories that, that they can select. And that has mm-hmm. really been a game changer for us because we're discovering people want to um, help in areas where we wouldn't have known if we wouldn't have just asked. So That's just right. because we asked, now we know, and we started, you know, inserting people in, in, into where they they want to serve and, and developing them. So I think just asking, man, it, it's really it really yeah. will go a long way. Like you said, whether it's from you know the the platform. Um, on Sunday mornings or whether it's an email or a letter or whatever it may be, uh, just ask and keep on asking until you get it because one day you, you will, like you said, God will provide. Uh, so I love that, man. I love all of that, that you're, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Let me interrupt you there. I want to add, you know, that I feel like what you just said, asking them, that's the invitation part Mm. that Jesus did. He commanded them. He asked them to come and join him in this journey uh, but I will say that in our experience, um, what is, you know, personal uh, conversations or one-on-one conversations do generally so much better than general announcements. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, one of the, I think it's only been twice in our, the history of our church, if I'm not mistaken, that we've made it, we've made an announcement from the front of the church of a need. And, um, and even in that, we're very careful and intentional in how we present that. We presented more of an opportunity. We presented more of, you know what, our church is growing and we'd love to add you to the team or we'd love to help you step into purpose. And so that it's not so much, hey, we need you, but rather you need this. You know, like if you're passionate about kids, well then, hey, we have the incredible place for you. If you're passionate about developing the next generation, then we have a place for you. And so we're, we, you know, we, we have different tracks where people can join the team um but in our experience you know general announcements hey if anybody wants to help out let me know like that's kind of just shooting out there where if you see certain qualities in a person or if you see um you know or you just in in conversating meeting people you know you bring it up hey you make it a natural thing where hey what small group are you in hey what team do you serve on Oh, actually, I don't serve on any team. Oh, man, you know, I'd love to help you get connected. What do you like to do? You know, and you just, I feel like that one-on-one is really just, uh, for us, has shown a lot of just benefit and just, again, it's not what we want from people. It's what we want for you. We believe they're going to be blessed by the relationships they build. We believe they're going to be blessed by the contributions that they make and the investment they make into their areas and they're going to be able to see because we celebrate a lot. Hey, you know, so many people got saved, so many people got baptized, and we tie it back to everybody. Whether you're in the parking lot, whether you're in kids, whether you're behind the the Apple computer running slides, mm-hmm. hey, you all had a part in this. Right. 
And so, um, yeah, I think a lot of it's just tying it back to, to uh, the why, the mission of the church, and also what we want for your life. And then, you know, sometimes it's just going up to certain people rather than just making a general announcement. It's just, hey, you know what, this week I'm going to go up to two people and just kind of start doing like that. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, I think that would go a long way, too, because a lot of times people don't respond to general announcements <laughs> because uh, it's just easier yeah. not to. All right. It's easier not to. Yeah. And um, there's you don't really connect with with people on a one on one level yeah. there. So uh, I love that. man. I love yeah. I love everything that you're talking about um, as as it as it uh, speaks to growth, um, four points of growth for, for you guys has been once again, just to kind of summarize uh, prayer. And I love that, man. Every church needs to be a praying church. If you're not a praying church, you're a powerless church. Um, praying, praying needs to be a vital element of every of every church, and we need to be able to come together and pray for each other's needs and lift lift up one another in in prayer, and then celebrate uh, the victories and you know hurt hurt when there are losses there, man, and and just just pray for yeah. one another. I love that <clears throat> culture. Uh, we're you know we're in the middle of a series right now here at our church called uh, Member, and we're basically just bringing it back to the fundamentals. What what does a healthy church look like? What did the Acts chapter two church look like? That early church that that thrived and that spread like wildfire. Um, they had a culture. They had a very unique culture. But uh, culture can be you can get the culture aspect wrong, right? Um, yeah. The culture of every church needs to be a Christ centered culture first and and then you can kind of develop your own identity uh from that but it, it's got to be it's got to be christ-centered it's got to be truth it's got to be um it's got to be you know harnessing a, an atmosphere of of joy um and 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 love and kindness and all that everything that speaks to what jesus was about needs to be what the church speaks about uh and then systems just meeting and 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 uh, planning and strategizing and creating systems for every ministry that you may have in place. And then, of course, teams. It's not about any individual person. Uh, you know, the body of Christ is a body with different members, different functions, and we need to yeah. utilize all of us to have a, a, a thriving body. So, again, prayer, culture, systems, teams. I love that, man. That's that's great. And, yeah. we'll and, and you know what? And when I've, when I've had a chance to share on this before— uh, I've titled it, um, you know, a healthy church and not so much for growth, but, but I feel like growth happens as a result of being healthy, yeah. you know, and so anything healthy grows. And so I, I, I want our aim and those listening to us to not be so much after numbers mm -hmm. per se, or just being a big church, just for the sake of being a big mm -hmm. church. But I want us to be a healthy church. I want to be a place where people are coming in one way. But you know what? They're growing. You know, life change is happening. They're stepping into new experiences with God. They're, um, you know, they're serving together. Their family, their marriages are being blessed as a result. And, and they're healthy and they're healthy. And as a result, the growth comes. But I think it's important that we would shift our focus. Uh, nothing wrong with growing, right? We want to grow. We want to be, you know. But at the same time, if we can focus on being a healthy church right. and help on focus on healthy teams and help, healthy leadership and healthy things, man, the sky is the limit. You know, growth will come. God's hand will continue to show up and, and it'll just take off. Right. Yeah. And when I, when I speak about, yeah, at our church, when I speak about growth, um, 
you know, there, there really, there, there's two aspects of it. There's the spiritual growth and, um, and then there's, you know, there's the growth in, in the community, in the, in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Uh, both are very important because we can, you can grow yeah. a body. You can grow a local church by just offering cooler music and, you know, hipster preachers and, and you'll, you'll grow that yeah. church probably with other believers and that's not what yeah. that's not what it's about. That's not the way that any church should look to grow. We should grow the kingdom of God, not just our our own kingdom. You know what I mean? And we should grow yes. um, in our discipleship. We should grow in our in our knowledge of the Word of God and our wisdom. We should re, you know we should always be reaching for spiritual maturity in our families. I mean that that's really what we should mean when we when we speak about growth, not just hey let's bring in more. Uh, more people into into the doors. Growth uh, is really it's a kingdom. It should be a kingdom minded uh, focus. Um, like you said, a healthy church, one that one that rightly represents uh, Christ. Right. Uh, so, man, sure. th- thank you, man. Thank you for all of that. And uh, I want to kind of shift over here to to the next section. Um, you know, before we before we uh, um, conclude. Um, but, but first I, I did want to ask you, I have a note here that I, I, I do want to ask you about, um, and this kind of goes back to teams. People have different opinions, right. And, and preferences. Um, and some, some people are offended by things that other people wouldn't be offended by. Um, and so when you're dealing with teams, the person in the leadership position, it, he's got quite a, a difficult task, um, how do you deal with people of differ, differing opinions and uh, maybe some maybe some conflicts within the teams? How would I don't know if there's any tips that you would give to someone in that position? And we yeah, that's probably a whole other podcast right there. But. <laughs> yeah, this is a really good question, and the reason I'm kind of laughing here is because it's something that <clears throat> I'm still growing, and recently I've had some experience in this. Um, and so one of, one of the things I'll say is that uh, unity does not, uh, equal uniformity. Mm. Uh, my job as a leader is not to get everybody to think like me because that's not what I need. And that's not That's not going to set us up for the greatest impact. Uh, I want people who think differently than I do. I want people who see things that I don't. Right. I want people who are older and younger than me. I want people who come from different walks of life. Um, that's the people I want a diverse team so that when we meet, when we're, you know, strategizing, when we're planning, uh, we have all types of input. And I, as a leader, you know, you know, we have, I've got to decide, you know, I'm hearing from God, I'm hearing from my lead pastor. There are certain things that are negotiables and there's other things that are not. And, um, I believe that, you know, it's important to listen to our team. I believe it's important to, um, you know, make time to, you know, to, to, uh, you know, uh, help with people who are maybe in conflict um, so that we don't, we don't present the message that, Hey, it doesn't matter or you're not important. Mm -hmm. And so one, I'll say that, Hey, it's important to keep an open ear, but just because you hear it or because someone says it doesn't mean I as a leader have to do that. Um, Maybe they're mentioning certain things because, they don't. Um, they haven't fully caught how we do things uh, as a church, or they don't understand overall the mission. And so maybe I'm not doing a good enough job 
to make the mission clear. And so before I always quote unquote point at the person or attack the person on why they're reacting like that or, or bringing up certain things, I'm going to look at myself mm -hmm. and say, Hey mate, have I made the mission clear? Have I trained enough? Have I listened to them enough? You know, where, you know, something in there, although some of it, a lot of it might not be true, but maybe there's one, there's something in there that maybe they're, they are right. Maybe they're going about it the wrong way, but maybe there is some truth in what they're saying. And mm. so for that reason, again, I say, listen, but again, you don't have to take everything to heart just because someone said it or because they're older than you or because they have more experience than you doesn't mean you got to change your whole system that you really felt was from God or that you went and you make time to go study and go research other churches and then change it just because somebody said, yeah. you know, and so in the meetings, there are certain things that, you know, we'll set in place as boundaries and say, hey, you know what, this is what we're going to do This is what we feel, you know, we need to focus on. But now how we go about it, that allows for creativity that now now that allows now for people to be like, hey, well, let's throw out a whole bunch of ideas. And then we're going to, you know, talk about it. We'll, we'll, we'll go back and forth. And the best idea, uh, and it doesn't have to be my, obviously sometimes it's not my idea. The best idea will be the one that we win. And when we walk out of here, hey, it was our decision. Yeah. And so our culture is, hey, we're not going to make a decision in one room and then leave and then be like, hey, well, you know what? I didn't want to do this. Or, you know what? I don't know why we, or we, our system is like this. Or I don't know why this is like this. Yeah. Um, because then that's, you know, going against the culture and it's really just separating the team. Yeah. And so when certain things happen, when people have different ideas or different ways to go about it, I think as a leader, we're responsible to have tough conversations sometimes. Yes. As uncomfortable as it may be, you know what? We need to be for, be for sure, be the ones to stop gossip. If somebody is mm -hmm. bringing up something to me, um, you know what? I'll, I'll ask, hey, have you talked to that person yet? Yep. Oh, well, no. Okay. Well, I think you should go talk to them. And if they can't resolve it by themselves, okay, I'll either bring one of their one of their leaders into it, or I'll step into it and really uh, step into it. Simply means, hey, I'll just kind of be a moderator. I'll just be like, hey, well, what's right. going on, guys? Like, is there confusion about something or misunderstanding? And oftentimes, the misunderstanding, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, but um, and that's not always comfortable, but it's oftentimes needed. Yeah, uh, I love that. Anyone dealing with this, um, listen to that again because that is that is incredible advice. I think our, our first reaction as well as it's just people, not even leaders, but uh, just as people, our first reaction when there's when there's conflict, when there's disagreements, our first reaction is to get on the defensive. Right. And as leaders, yeah. that cannot be your first reaction. You can't be on the defensive. That's right. And I've I've kind of had to, you know, I've seen that in people and I've I've, I've been trying to. I've been trying to implement, you know, a, a kind of a different mindset. Like, hey, you, you can't get defensive about everything. Um, you have to yeah. first put yourself um, out, kind of out of your own shoes. Put yourself in their shoes. Where are they coming from? Because, like you said, a lot of times it's simply a misunderstanding, um, and 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 you know, both parties or the differing parties will never never come back because they never had that conversation to kind of work it out. Um, they'll just go about their business assuming you know some information that was that was uh not even accurate right and so when, yeah. when that happens and when when things are brought up to me um as a leader and i kind of get um i don't know maybe i'll get accused of of, of handling something wrong um i i have to ask myself first did i did i handle this wrong um did i 
well, I mean, did I mismanage something? Um, instead of being like, I didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't do anything wrong. What are you talking about? Right. That, like I said, that is, that's the temptation. That is our first reaction just as people. But as leaders, we have to put ourselves in the shoes of the others and, and then genuinely ask our, ourselves the question, um, what is it that they're upset about? And is there reason yeah. that they should be? Um, and if I find that there is, then I'll, I'll, I'll correct myself. Right. Um, I think that's just kind of the approach that we have to take as leaders. Like you said, it's not easy. It's, it's uncomfortable. It's hard having those conversations, um, but it's necessary. And it just kind of comes with the territory. Um, yeah, but I'll also add to what you just said and say that it, it would also be insanity and impossible to please everybody. Oh, yes. Very and true. So, again, so leaders are leaders because not only they make they have tough conversations sometimes, but they make tough decisions mm -hmm. and they pull the trigger. Yep. And that might mean sometimes that people aren't pleased with it. But I know what God is calling us to. I know where God is having us go. And this is why we're going to, uh, you know, either make this change or this is why I need your permission to let's try this out for a season. Or this is why I, I, you know, said what I said or whatever the case might be. And so, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to be accountable to God with what, what, what he entrusted us. Mm -hmm. And so we, I consider all the input. I'm obviously praying. I'm obviously, you know, hearing from God and, and, and seeing where we're going in the future at the end of the day, I've got to just realize and be okay with everybody might not be okay or satisfied with my answer, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to be faithful to God and I still love them and I'm not going to treat them different. And I'm going to hug, I'm going to give them a, even a tighter hug on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Because it's easy to exemplify your culture of you love God, you love people, you choose excellence, and you, you pursue excellence and you choose joy when things are well. But when things aren't well, or when it's not easy to love somebody, or when in the middle of a crisis, quote unquote crisis, that's really where, okay, whatever's on the inside of you is going to leak. Whatever's on the inside is going to come out. And so uh, because I love people, because I'm going to choose joy, you know, I'm going to exemplify it right. in this way. Right. And, um, and so, yeah, so leader as well, like, don't feel like you got to please everybody because that is impossible. It's impossible. I, I like this this quote that you posted, uh, I guess a few days ago on, on your Facebook page. It says, uh, how can we pursue excellence? Do things well. Do them before you, you're asked. Do more than expected. Perfection paralyzes you. Excellence propels you. I love that because it's so true. Yeah. You cannot, it's impossible to be perfect. And even if you're perfect to one person, you're going to be imperfect to another person because again, everyone oh, has yeah. different, different preferences. And, um, so I, I, I kind of jumped that train a long time ago. I used to be the guy that wanted to please everyone, but I found that to be the most frustrating thing ever. And if you're trying to please everyone, you're always going to displease yourself and you're just going to, yeah. again, you're, you're going to go in, you're going to go insane <laughs> trying to do that. So yeah, there was, there was a quote that I heard some time ago that said, everybody will like you until you start leading. Oh, and, um, and it was just like, it was so freeing, you know, and so true, you know, and I, you know, who doesn't want people to like them. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, that's what leadership is liking versus leading. And again, the phrase was everybody is going to like you until you start leading until you start challenging them, oh, until you start calling out the best in them. 
until you start saying, hey, I noticed you showed up five minutes late to church or to practice or, hey, you know, you met you, you missed a deadline. That's leading. That's challenging people. That's encouraging, empowering people. And, um, you know, again, it's either you're the friend or you're their leader. It's either they're going to like you, um, you know, or not. But whatever the case might be, hey, God called us to be leaders. I love that. That that spoke right to me. <laughs> Uh, yeah. thanks for sharing that, man. I know it's going to, it's going to speak to a lot of leaders because I think everyone, if you're in a leadership position, you can relate to that. You know that that is 100% true. Um, you want people to like you, but then you start leading and then you start noticing and some people are, are kind of displeased <laughs> with you and, and, uh, they're not your biggest fans anymore because not you, now you're not just their friend. Now you're their leader and they don't really like the things that you're doing or the way that you're doing them or whatever. Um, but you know what? As Christians, as long as we're being led by God, if we're being led by the Holy Spirit, we're trying to do our best to, to, to fulfill his call in our lives and, and his purpose and his mission. Um, that's, that's the only thing that matters. And that's all we should try to do as, as leaders. Um, so great advice, man. Thank you so much. I want to ask you one more question and that's um, that's concerning your your consultation company because you recently started a church uh, consulting company. Is that right? Yes, I did. And um, so, how does that how does that look? How does that play into kind of all that we're talking about? Yeah. So, church uh, building the church overall is a personal just passion of mine, and I've had the chance to be a part of phenomenal organizations, churches, a small and large uh, startup churches, and then established churches and incredible, under incredible leadership. And um, I was just, I've always felt that God just had me on an accelerator track for a reason. And I started noticing a pattern uh, here several months now where I was just literally every week I would connect with somebody, whether it was over the phone or in person or just online, you know, somebody was asking me, Hey, like, how do you guys do this at Journey? Or, hey, what are your thoughts on this? Or, hey, do you recommend a book? Or, uh, hey, I'm kind of stuck. What are your thoughts on this? Or whatever. And it was just like, I just started giving out advice. And, just, you know, I want to help. I want to see others. I want to see other people win. So I'm like, yeah, man, like, hey, what if we tried this? Or, hey, I, I'll connect you to this other resource that it's already out there. And maybe you just hadn't heard of it before. But look, check out these books or check out this website. Check out this other church. And, and, you know, you know, connect with them or whatever. And one day I was just challenged by, by God to uh, add more structure to, to this. And I started to dream one day, like if I was going to launch a church consulting company, uh, what would it look like and what areas would I focus on? And so just one night, begin to write some things down in my phone. And then uh, over the next couple of days, just continue to establish it or rather develop it some more. And uh, God gave me the, the verse, um, or the title rather, Excel. And it comes from the scripture that says, uh, as you excel in everything, also excel in, and then it's, it begins to list specific areas. But the first phrase, the first words of that verse, as you excel in everything, and I believe God's called all of our churches to excel, all of our churches to be healthy, all of our churches to be life-giving churches. And um I don't believe he's called us to live average lives or have average churches or average 
organizations. And so he wants your church, he wants your organization, your team, your ministry to excel, to continue to go to another level. And, um, and so, yeah, I began, uh, purchased a domain, uh, helpmychurchexcel.com. And I began to kind of just write some more, put some forms together and things like that. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, so since I've launched, I've been able to partner with some churches and uh, one in Puerto Rico, one in a couple in Texas and uh, some here in Florida. And, uh, and, and so the way it kind of happens, the way it works is you decide uh, whether it's phone call, a video call or in-person uh, consultation. And, uh, and you're going to, you know, you bring up what you feel we need to talk about or what area in your church, you know, do you need help developing or what struggles you have that we need to, to that I can help you with. And, um, you know, sometimes, again, it might be an actual training. Sometimes it just might be a list of resources. Sometimes it just might be some forms or it just might be some ideas or just connect you some with some other people. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I've been able to do that and it's been a blast. Um, you know, the time with these churches goes by so quickly, you know, because we're having fun. It's uh, just for me, it's, it's a passion. So it just comes out and uh, I, I want to just, you know, give them everything and uh, just to be able to see them grow and avoid, the, you know, the shorten the yeah. learning curve and all these things. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that in short is what Excel is. We just provide churches practical and personal uh, you know, advice and tips and resources so that they can be a healthy church. Yeah, and I, if I could just kind of provide a, a little testimonial here, um, I, I, I didn't receive a church consultation from, from you, uh, but we, we did uh, several months ago. Actually, at the beginning of the year, we, we uh, got connected with a, a local church uh, consultant here, uh, who worked with Lakewood awesome. for, for, for many years. And, um, and we, we worked, I think about eight weeks together. Uh, we, we would meet for about an hour, an hour and a half, uh, every, every week. And we would just discuss ideas and structures. I, I mean, and it, it's so good to bring in a third party, kind of someone who's impartial to your ministry in, because you yeah. see things, uh, from an outside perspective that you couldn't have seen from the inside. And, um, it really, it really just, um, it, it's done really well for, for our church. And, you know, we're still kind of begin only beginning to implement everything. Uh, but we've, we've yeah. seen success already. So I'm, I'm a fan, I'm a fan uh, of what you're yeah. doing and anyone who, if you feel like your ministry has just kind of been stuck right now, and maybe you just need some advice, you need some help and reach out to reach out to Joey. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, just from this conversation, I got some great insight from you and, and a lot of inspiration, um, just in the hour that we've been talking. So I know that, uh, your services would definitely go a long way. Uh, what was that website again? Yeah. So I have two websites. One is help my church excel.com. Okay. And then the other one is Joey Salazar.org. And, uh, on both of them, you'll get linked to the right information. Uh, you'll find some other resources as well. Uh, there's a page under, under resources called freebies. And um, they're church media resources or church health resources. And uh, it's a link to other websites that, again, are all free that, um, you know, they provide everything from like forms to PSDs or graphics, sermon series ideas. So just a whole bunch of random things that would be really helpful. But um, yeah, it's helpmychurchexcel.com or joeysalazar.org. Okay, I'm I'm on your website right now. Do you have a... Do you have a uh, a podcast? It says you have a podcast tab. Here. Um, 
Yeah, I have some audio. Okay. Um, I have some sermons on audio oh, that I have there listed on my on okay. my website. Awesome. Looks great, man. Did you do your own website? I did. Man, I so did. Anyone else needing website services? Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is a great looking website, man. Super clean. Thanks. I like it. I like it. Um, Thanks. Before we were on full time staff here at Journey, uh, we were living in Miami for about a year. And, um, and that's what I, I got to dedicate myself to. So I was doing graphic design work and website stuff. Okay. And um, so, yes, yeah, so I did that for, for a while. Awesome. All right, Joey, man, it was such a pleasure talking to you, man. And um, I hope, I hope we can do it again sometime. We're actually going to be in Orlando um, in a couple of weeks. So maybe we'll, I don't know, maybe we'll see you there at the, uh, at the uh, National Youth Convention, uh, Youth Convention. Yeah. Um, we can uh, link up and just chat a little bit more, man. It, it was a pleasure talking to you, and I know that everyone is going to get some good nuggets from this conversation. Uh, so thank you, man, for sharing your 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 insight, your wisdom, and, and your heart, man. We really appreciate you being with us. Of course. All well, right. Thanks for this opportunity, man. Yeah. Look forward to it. Absolutely, man. Well, uh, Joey, thank you once again, and um, we'll see you next time, bro. Yes, sir. God bless you, man.